This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. We're dealing with some, some questions that were related to uh, children and teenagers. And so, so again, we have another question um, that we're going to address. And so we're not going to go over the definition of marriage. Please refer back to earlier broadcasts for that particular definition. We're just going to jump straight into the question. And the question is, is, is how do you deal with a child slash teen that says they want a closer relationship with Christ, but also feels as though they are missing out on what the world has to offer? And again, these are questions that are presented by the members of this ministry. And so these are not questions that we made up. These are not questions that, that just come randomly. These, these come from people that have been under the teachings in this ministry. And we're glad that you asked this question. And so when I, when I look at this particular question, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind is a, is, is a passage from the book of Isaiah. If you turn to Isaiah chapter 7. <clears throat> And in Isaiah chapter seven, Isaiah the prophet, he's uh, he's um, he, he's speaking to the, to the king about um, you know deliverance from his present circumstances. And what he what he's trying to express to the king is that that the current situation that he's in is gonna he's only gonna be there for a short period of time. And the way that he, that, that God uses, and I love I love how God uh, sets this up. Is that he's he's basically saying that this this situation that you're in, it's only, you're only going to be in it for a short period of time, and he uses the illustration of a parent and a child. So just know that in raising your child, your teenager, that this is a season that you're in, but it's only for a short period of time. It's 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 for a brief moment, but so important that you take parents that you take full advantage of this moment that you have with your child and your teenager. So go to Isaiah chapter 7 and just jump down to verse 15. And he says, Butter and honey shall he eat, that he may know to refuse the evil and choose the good. And so this, this illustration is, is basically saying that, that this child, that, that butter and honey, that, that only good things will he be given so that he knows, he knows to refuse the evil and choose the good. And so, you know, parents are saying, how do I deal with a child slash teen that says they want a closer relationship with Christ? And so as, as a parent, what, what your responsibility is that you have to continue for your, for your child, for your teen, is present to them the good. Feed them with, with good things in church fellowship and prayer and in study. Feed them with, with, uh, with the things that you love. You know, God has set you up for success. And your children, they love you. God has built, he's built that into them. Your children, they love you and they will love what you love. As you show your love towards God, your children are going to naturally want to also express love towards God. Your children will love what you love. Also know that, again, you have the built-in advantage. Go to Ephesians chapter 6. A very, very familiar passage of scripture in Ephesians chapter 6. So first of all, parents, you want to present your children with the good. They, they, they should know that you love God, that, that it pleases you to serve God. And it will also please them to serve God. In Ephesians chapter 6, 
Again, we, we, we read at verse 1, it says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. To honor thy mother, thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise, that it may be well with thee, and thou mayest live long on the earth. And ye fathers, this is the focus, is and ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You know, what I love about this is that God is saying, fathers, that you... that you need to bring your children up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And just know that whenever God makes a command, that he's already given you the things that you need to make that command successful. He's given you what, what, what you need to be able to walk in that command. And so God has given you the tools that you need to bring up your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I love that it says fathers. And, and, and even though it says that, we have to know that that. Parents, that both parents need to be on the same page as relates to bringing up their children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And so, you know, one of the things is that your children, they're going to identify with you. Your children will identify with you. Your children, they love you. They will love what you love. Your children, they will identify with you. With what you identify with, they will identify with. If you identify with, with, as, as someone that is obedient and under the word of God, then that is going to be their identity. That's going to be their identity. And so parents, you have to understand that as, you, as you're raising up your children, your, your children, they're going to identify with what you identify with. You need to be on the same page with respect to when you're talking to your child about who they are, who they can be, what their place is in society, what their role is in the family. That first of all, that God always comes first. That if it's, a, if it's a conflict between the world and God, God always has to win. If it's a conflict between what, what we've done in the past and what God is calling us to do in the future, God always has to win. And one example that I love about this in terms of your identity, your, your child has to identify themselves as being children of God, is that we see in, um, in the book of Timothy, as Paul is writing to his son in the Lord, Timothy, and I'm going to read from the English Standard Version, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 through 5. And this is, this is Paul talking to Timothy, and he says, I thank God whom I serve, as did my ancestors. See, what, what I love is that Paul is saying that, that the God that I serve is the same God that my fathers serve. That it's, it's in my lineage, it's a part of who I am. It's my identity. As with as with." As did my ancestors with a clear conscience, as I remember you constantly in my prayers, night and day. As I remember your tears, I long to see you that I may be filled with joy. I am reminded of your sincere faith, a faith that dwelt first in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And now I am sure dwells in you as well. You know what I love about this is that it talks about his, his grandmother, it talks about his mother. You know, it doesn't talk about his father. It doesn't talk about his father. But it says that, that Timothy's identity, Paul says that, look, my identity is connected to ancestors. We are connected because of our worship and our love towards God. That even though I'm not your biological father, that because we love the same God, that we are connected. Our identity is found in the Lord. And that it's been passed on to you from your grandmother and even your mother. That is a part of who you are. And so, also, parents, you have to be confident that, that the greater one is working through you. I know sometimes in, in family dynamics, 
as we've learned that, that there are differences and there's, there's disputes and there's arguments. But you have to be confident that, you, don't be frustrated. Be confident that the greater one is working through you. And what I love about this is in Romans chapter 12, you know, where, where it starts off with, with telling us that, that, uh, that we present our bodies as living sacrifices to God. That this, this, this chapter in Romans, that it ends in Romans 12 and 21, that it says, Be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I just love how it just brings it full circle. That the, that the tools that we use, that the tools that we use as Christian parents, is we don't use manipulation, we don't use bribes, we, we don't resort to fear tactics, that, that we use good. That we present our children with the good. And God says that, you know what, if you present your children with the good, in my standard, that that is sufficient. What God has given you will work for your family and for your child. Amen. Amen. And so let's just piggyback off some of those things that... Uh, Minister Everhart had mentioned because I think it's very important talking about choosing the good. The, we understand the good is in Jesus Christ, the gospel, right? And so when we read this question, it says that your child or teen says they want to get a closer relationship with, with Christ. So that means God is dealing with their heart. You know, God will visit our children. He's made a problem. He's going to visit our children. And so God is visiting your child. And, and again, whatever age your child may be, or a primary child or in this case a teenager, God is visiting them. That means their heart is tender towards God. So that means first and foremost, you've got to make sure you present the gospel to them. Show them who Jesus Christ is and what he has done, how he paid the price for our sin. right? And get them to a place where they repent of their sin and accept Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. That is the good. right? And I think that is so important as parents. You know, you should be your, the priest in your home. You can lead your child to salvation. You know, show them again what the Bible says and how from their heart they can believe onto righteousness. And I think that to me is a key when the child at that, at that age where they're, they're yearning and they, they really have a sincere heart towards the things of God. Make sure they hear the gospel from you as a parent. And, and that's what they're saying to you. They want to get closer relationship with God. And so now that I know that now my child has received Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior and, and me as a parent, I presented to them the gospel and they have accepted it for themselves. I need to understand that God has a purpose for them. God has a purpose and plan for my child's life. Again, I'm going to tell you like this. It doesn't matter how they got here, right? Your child is not an accident. You know, don't get caught up in whatever bondages or, or not bondage you may have had. But your child is not an accident. God has purpose and plan for your child's life. And you as a parent, you, you have the, the, the responsibility to raise a godly seed. And that godly seed has to make sure that they hear from God. And first they're going to hear from you first. So turn with me to Psalms 127. Psalms 127. Because again, God has a purpose and plan for your, your child. In the book of Psalms 127, it says, Except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city, the watchman wicked, but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early, to sit up late, to eat the bread of sorrows, for so he giveth his beloved sleep. Verse 3, Lo, children are inheritance of the Lord. And the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are the children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. And so you see here in this passage of scripture that God is very clear about children are a heritage of the Lord. The fruit of the womb is his reward. 
That means God has a plan and purpose for your child to go out as arrows as they're sent out into this world to do His will his, and accomplish his, his purpose. And again, like Minister Everhart says, that means their child needs to know their, their value has to be found in Christ. Right? Their identity is found in Christ. Right? Their identity and value is not found in this world and what this world has to offer. It's found in Christ Jesus. And as you as a parent, you have to show them that and teach them that. That, hey, our priorities, our purpose is found in Christ, is in God. You, know, you are now a child of the Most High God. And showing them that and teaching them in your, in your home will help them when the challenges come of this world, why they're feeling like, oh, I'm missing out on this. I'm missing out on the world has to offer. Because we understand this influence is all around your child. Social media, in their schools, again, their, their social media avenue, their friends that they have. Again, there's so many influences that are out there in this world. And as a parent, you have to be able to recognize these influences and teach your children what is the priority. What is the focus for their life? Who do they should identify with? Right? They don't identify with the world. They identify with Christ Jesus. So they can live a life that's separate, you know, called out, sanctified for the things of God. And, and again, don't, this is the thing about your child. When your child says that they, they're, they're, you know, they, they feel like they're missing out, don't get mad at them about that. They're being honest. You know, appreciate the honesty for your children, right? Because that's real. I mean, you think about when you were a child, you were curious about the things of this world, too. Right? Because the world presents things that being fun and exciting and, you know, all these things. But again, we learn in this ministry, you can do everything but sin as a believer. You know, believers, we have fun. We're just not sinning. Right? There is liberty we have in Christ Jesus. You know, we have a great time in our fellowship with the Lord and with the other brethren. You know, we know how to keep it where it needs to be at without introducing or presenting sin. You don't have to have alcohol and drugs and have a good time. Anyway, so I mean, these are the things as a parent you need to make sure that you're showing your children, right? That we have fun here in the ministry. We have fun in our relationship with God. And so one, one example I want to bring out is Dinah. Because I think Dinah is a, is a great example to kind of show that what they feel like they're missing out on the things of this world. So turn with me to Genesis chapter 34. Genesis chapter 34. read about Dinah. Alright, Genesis 34, verse number 1. It says, And Dinah, the daughter of Leah, which she bare unto Jacob, went out to see the daughters of the land. Now, that verse right there says a lot about Dinah. Right? Dinah came from the lineage of Leah and Jacob. Right? She was a daughter. Jacob was, again, in the house of God. In other words, she was growing up in a Christian, for you, a Christian family, a Christian home. But from that Christian home, she wanted to see the daughters of the land. That means the daughters of the land had influence like, oh, I want to be like them. I want to see what's out there. And again, that's a natural curiosity. But again, this is the time where you need to be a parent, parent, and start to teach your children what to choose the good. You know, what, what are you, look at, let's look at the things of this world. What do they have to offer compared to what Christ Jesus has to offer for you? In other words, I'm saying that all this excitement, all the thrill, it comes with consequences. It comes with sin. And when you get out there into the world, you're going to run right into sin. Right? We have an adversary, the enemy. And this is what happened with Dinah. So she wanted to see the daughters of the land. And then verse 2, it says, And when Shechem, the son of Hamar, the Hivite, prince of the country, saw her, he took her and lay with her and defiled her. I mean, it happens just that quick. Because she's out there. Right? And that's what happens when you have your children as a curiosity with the things of the world. 
the enemy is aware and are, are, again, we talked about these things before, how the enemy is watching. The fowler is out there watching, skillful, putting in a place a plan just for your custom-made trap just for, for your child. And again, when she gets out there or he gets out there, that's the trap that's already been laid for them, the snare that's going to ensnare them into going to the things of this world and get caught up in sin and bondage. And that's what happened with Dinah here. She met this man. He was a prince, but the prince had no, no good intentions for her. Right? Took her, lay with her, and, 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 and defiled her. And again, when it says defiled, be, be clear here. It's, you know, the Bible uses this word here, defiled. This was consensual. In other words, she didn't, he didn't do anything that she didn't want him to do. Right? Don't get it caught up in thinking that something else, you know, they says about being violated. Yes, you're being violated because that's not what she should be doing. Right? You should not have sex outside of marriage. That's a violation. Right? And as a parent, you need to teach your child the standard of God so she knows. So that means when, when this man showed up, when Shechem showed up, she should already knew what to tell him. She should already found value in, in her identity with Christ and not compromise the standard of God for a relationship with this man. Right? And that's what happens. And so now if we read on, just, just read on here because I want to see the, what happened with the parents' responsibility here because it's amazing to me what, what Jacob says here. And now we jump down to verse number 5, still Genesis 34 and 5. Jacob, again, was a father. And Jacob heard that he had defiled Dinah, his daughter, and now his sons were with him with his cattle and in the field. And Jacob held his peace until they were come. So you see here, Jacob didn't address this in his home. And I'm going to tell you, fathers, you know, we, Minister Eberhard read that in Ephesians chapter 6, right? You need to be vocal in your house. What I mean by vocal in your house, when it comes to the standard of God, that's the time to speak. That's the time to make sure that the whole household knows what the standard of God is. You know, this is what we do, and guess what? This is what we don't do, right? You lay it down for your family. And again, fathers understand, this is your house, right? You know, you, the rules and regulations you need to set aside for your teenager is the same for everybody in the household. It's not like you get special privilege because now I'm a teenager. Even though your teenager may be bigger than you or, or in their mind they may say, they, you know, they start bucking up, especially with your boys. They feel like they get taller than their dad. That don't mean nothing. I pay the bills here, right? I'm the one that, that's responsible for the home. God has given me direction for the home. And so as a father, you need to address these things, right? You need to stay on top of these things. Don't let the enemy lull you to sleep, fathers. But then we, if you read this whole passage and, and see what happened to, to uh, Dinah and, and, and Jacob and, and the guy that, that defiled him, the, her brothers got really mad, right? They got so mad that they killed everybody uh, that was part of this family. It was really bad, right? And so now we get to a place, this is the same chapter, um, jump down to verse 30. And now Jacob is now addressing his sons by what they have done. He said in verse 30, he says, And Jacob said to Simeon and Levi, You have troubled me to make me to stink among the inhabitants of the land and among the Canaanites and the Perizzites. And being a few in number, they shall gather themselves together against me and slay me, and I shall be destroyed, I and my house. Notice everything Jacob said in here was all about him. Fathers, catch this. You're about your, your family. It's not about you anymore. All Jacob said, again, we're using Jacob for an example, but put yourself in a row. All he cared about was his issues, trouble that he had. Look what you brought. Up, my name is going to stink now in the land. But now look what his son said, verse 33, uh, 31. And they said, shall he deal with our sister as an harlot? What about the sin? What about they taking our, our sister and dealt with her as a harlot? And see, Jacob never addressed that. And so now here we get to uh, chapter 35, verse 1. I love, here comes our God, our faithful God. 
God now said unto Jacob, Arise, go up to Bethel. Bethel is a house of, of, of God. And dwell there. And make there an altar unto God that appeared unto thee when thou fleddest from the face of Esau, thy brother. And here's the commandment that God has given Jacob. Then Jacob said unto his household, And to all that were with him, Put away the strange gods that are among you, and be clean, and change your garments. So again, as parents, this is the thing you need to do. When your child is out there, right? And again, we're going to get into some practical aspects of this. But they've got to put away their strange gods. A- again, Father, you need to take... You need to, in your home, you have to say these things. Right? You have to put away these strange gods. What are strange gods? Everything that your, your, your child or teenager is cleaving to in this world that they hold value to. It's time to put that away. Right? Those things they cleave to. Those things that are precious to them. And parents, you know what it is. Put it away. Because that's the influence that you need to take from them and show them that the influence needs to be from God. But as a parent, this is what you need to do to show them the standard of God remains the same and we need to get back to the house of God. And God is dealing with your heart about, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm on purpose about raising a godly seed and making sure you as a parent, you are equipped with raising this godly seed. Amen? Amen. I, I thoroughly enjoyed just listening because... Uh, those are the things, those are the, the principles, those are the, the, the priority, the, that's the, the why, why we do what we do. And so what I'm going to address is, is part of the why, but it's the how, right? So, because the question was, how do you deal with it? Now, you've already heard, you've already heard the spiritual aspect, you've heard the principles that are, are, that pertain to, to that how you're dealing with it. You need to be sure that you give them the tools. You need to be sure that you have the Lord before their eyes at all times. You need to be sure that you are are encouraging the things of God. And so uh, one of the things that I was questioning, again, we don't know all the ins and outs uh, about this question, but in my mind as I was reading the question, these questions came to my mind. What is it that they feel that they are missing out on? And what I like what Minister Hastings said is that you need to listen. Don't be mad because they tell you that. But you need to talk to them and find out why. What is it? Right? So they think that if they feel like they're missing out on the things of the world, what is it that you feel like you're missing? Right? What is it that you feel like you're missing? Is it sin? Is it fun that is not sin? Think about this. Is it, uh, are, are they things that could lead to sin? They're not necessarily sinful things, but could they lead to sin? Meaning, will it lead you away from God? And if it's leading you away from God, then this becomes sin, right? So are there things that they're going, that's going to lead them away from God? So, number one, I want you to think about this, is that we have an infrastructure here. We are establishing an infrastructure, and we have one established already. So in this infrastructure, it is a place to help with those kinds of needs. Right? It's to help you. So you said, how do I deal with this child who says that they want a closer relationship? Right? And in this infrastructure, it's here to help you and aid you in that. You need to push them towards the things of God. We have YWC. 
YWC is a department or an area that not only, not only do they teach your children and they talk to your children and they help them and they push them towards a more a relationship, a greater relationship and a relationship with Christ, but they also do what? Some fun things. What I like about Church of the Living Water is that we understand that there is a balance. We understand that we need to meet everyone where they are. That means we meet the children, the smaller children, where they are. That means what? They teach them things, and they're teaching them the word, but they do it with songs, with games, because that's where they are. With teens, we understand that they think that they might be missing out. You know, there are certain things that, 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 that the teens like to do. So they teach them, but they also give them opportunities to do some fun things together. Go to the movies, whatever it is the teens do these days. You know, I'm not really, you know, I'm past that point, so I'm not really sure. But if it's the same things like my daughter would do, you know, uh, like I said, movies and sleepovers and things of that nature. But they do it with those of like-mindedness. Those of the same faith. So, the, and that's what I'm saying. If we're supplying all of these things, what do they feel like they're missing on? Unless they're not coming and joining and doing what the YWC does. See, that's another question. Are you taking advantage of the infrastructure and the things that we already have here established and set aside to help you in that area? Now, if they are, if they're they're not, if you're not pushing them towards those things, And so that means that either they're not participating or then you need to check. Again, that's why you got to talk to them. Then you need to find that because that's, that's not the issue. Having fun is not the issue. Then there's something else going on. So they have youth on the move. Now we're talking about encouraging them in the things of God. You've got to push them towards the thing. They want a relationship. That's the best way to do it is to push them towards the things of God. So we've got the YWC. We have youth on the move. That's the children's choir. We have the choral readers. We have mime and dance. We have all of these areas of ministry. And they are specifically for children and teenagers to position them to acclimate them and to help them understand the importance of ministering before the Lord. There to help them. Un- they said they want a closer relationship with God, with Christ. Those things are there to help push them in that area. A closeness with God. How to minister to Him. How to hear from Him. Reading his word, that's the, all of those things are built into those things and those departments and those areas of ministry that they can be involved in. 
Number two, you deal with it, you deal with that by presenting the things of the Lord to them and pushing them in that direction. We may choose, we, all of us, we must choose whom we serve. All of us. And children must be taught whom they must serve. Godly knowledge must turn. And it starts with turning with your children. We've been teaching about that. Pastor's been teaching about that. That godly knowledge, it must turn. And it must turn first towards your children. They must be told that choosing Christ and choosing life will lead to life for them and their children. And that's according to Deuteronomy chapter 30. Deuteronomy chapter 30, it talks about that. Choose life. I set before you life and death. I set before you blessing and cursing. Choose life. That it might be good with you, but it also might be good with your children. And I know they're not going to understand that right now. You know, they're only thinking about them. They're not thinking about how their decisions right now and how they live right now is going to affect how they live as an adult, which is going to affect how how their, their children are going to and what they're going to pass on to their children. I know they don't see that, but it's still your job to teach it. It's still your job to teach it. Now, in all of that, there is a practical balance. There's a natural piece of this, right? So there is a balance. So just as we have things, adults, parents, just as we have things that we do outside of church activities and responsibilities such as work, some of us have hobbies that we do. We have physical activity. Some, some of us set aside time to, to go to the gym. You know, all of those. We, we do some natural things. We do some activities outside of church, right? And outside of our church responsibilities. And so we have to allow our children to have that same type of deal. The thing is, is that you have to teach them along the way. Because there's a time and a place for everything. There's a season for everything. And so we think about seasons sometimes as this, you know, long, drawn out things. But seasons can be a part of the day. There's a season. There's a time for this. And there's a time for that. There's a time to play. There's a time to pray. There's a time to eat. There's a time to sleep. So there are seasons even throughout the day. The important thing is to keep before their eyes that what you do for Christ will last. That's what you keep before their eyes. In all that we do, and this is what you say to them, in all that we do, what only what we do for Christ will last. We may do some other things, but those things are temporal, and they're fading, and they're fleeting. But only what we do for Christ will last. Here's how you do it. Number one, you need to prioritize and schedule. Prioritize and schedule. That's essential. Everything in its proper place and its proper time. Remember, nothing comes before positioning ourselves to hear the word. And when we've committed to an area of the ministry, nothing comes before that commitment. And that is teaching your children how to honor God in my prioritizing, in my scheduling. I put nothing before hearing the word of God. And if I've joined a ministry, I put nothing before that commitment to that ministry. That's what we teach them in prioritizing and scheduling. 
prioritizing what we do and scheduling what we do. It teaches them how to protect their time, how to value and protect the time that they have to hear the word. To protect that time that they have to hear and to receive of God. Because they said they wanted a closer relationship. That's the only way they're going to get it. Is that they protect that time and cherish that time they have to hear the word of God. Number two. So prioritize and schedule. And then you have activity. So any activity. Listen. Any activity that they want to do that does not interfere with the priority of commitment to God and to service is okay. Okay? Although outside activities will not add to their righteousness. Outside activities, we, we understand, playing basketball, doing whatever. That's not going to add to their righteousness. But even in that, we want to be sure that it does not hinder their righteousness. Those things won't add to it, but we want to be sure it doesn't hinder. So we need to choose an activity that will not hinder righteousness. See, playing basketball, that is a, it's a natural thing, and it's, I'm going to say it's a, um, it's just, it just is what it is. It's not going to add to righteousness. It's not going to take away from righteousness. It's just, it's neutral. It's neutral. Okay? So choose something Choose something that can help develop, that's a good thing, something that can help develop a skill that they can use in the ministry. Playing an instrument, they can do that. If they do that out in the world, they can do it at school or whatever. That's a skill that they can use that eventually they can use in ministry. So you have to choose wisely. Choose the outside activities wisely. And our children, need, our children need physical activity. They do. We do. We all do. Because they, we, choose, we have such sedentary lives where we're sitting down and they're sitting down playing video games and they're at school and they're sitting down and, you know, all of that. So we need some activity. So if you can find a little league that they can play, as long as it doesn't interfere if they're on staff, as long as it doesn't interfere with, with the uh, youth on the move, if they've signed up for that. Go for it. Prioritizing and scheduling. So careful consideration of selection of the activity is important. And the last point that I'm going to make is the influence. So the activities need to be chosen wisely. But then there are folks that are in those activities that influence. They may have some type of influence over your child. You put them in a league, they're going to have a coach. Okay, that's an influence. And so it's okay to allow for an outside activity, but be sure that you maintain your influence and nobody else's influence should go over and should be over yours, should trump yours. So that means that you have to be involved in those activities. In the sense where I need to know, and I need to stay at practice because I need to hear. Now, sometimes they say, you know, you can't stay at practice, okay? But there's still other ways, okay? If it's a closed rehearsal, if it's a closed closed practice, and I understand because they, you know, sometimes my parents they 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 trip out, so you know they you, sometimes you can't have the parents because then they're trying to coach and they trying to they don't know their place. But there's still a way 
for you to find out exactly what's going on. You talk to your children. What did the coach talk about today? Besides, did they talk about anything besides basketball? You know, those kinds of things that we need to be watchful. We need to be careful of who you allow your child to be influenced by. If and when you see another influence planting seeds of morality, you're not here to talk to my child about morality. You're here to talk to them about basketball. Don't lose your influence. What did you and the teammates talk about? Did y'all talk about something else besides basketball? What be careful so this so then when you find out these things and you hear these things, that is a way for you to address that's just a time for you to address what's going on. And if need be, take them out from under that influence. So it's important. We're talking about we're talking about having a balance. So you never want to, to especially when you take things away from children, then you need to add something in its place. You know the scripture tells us that about even about even about our, our spiritual walk. The demons, remember the demons the, when the, when the demons were were taken out of this person and they cleaned, they swept it out. It was clean. But then the demons came back. Why? And they came back even greater. Why? Because they didn't replace it with something. They cleaned it out, but you got to replace it with something. So if you're cleaning out and help your child clean out their life and their activities and they, you know, they, you're trying to, okay, so this is what we're going to do and this is what we're not going to do this, we're not going to do this. But now what are you placing in its place? Put something there that they can hold on to. They're children. They're children. And you have to remember that. And, and even, I was about to say they're children and you have to be careful with, with how you deal with them and because they, children have they have feelings. And we need to validate that I hear what you're saying. I hear what you're saying. So I'm not, don't disregard what they say. Minister Hasten just told you. Talk to them. Don't disregard what they say. But when they say it, then you have to be ready to address it. And you have to address it with the word but then you have to deal with them naturally too because they are spirit, soul, and body just like you. So that means that we have to deal with them spirit, soul, and body. Amen? God is faithful. Anything you want to add? Real quickly. So, you know, we mentioned that, that this childhood time, it's a very short period of time. I mean, think about it. You might have, you know, 18, 20 years that's going to influence the next 60 years of your child's life. And so, you know, take it to heart the, the, the time that God, listen, God has given you this time with your child to be a godly influence, to teach them to love him. And this is going to, they're going to carry this with them for the rest of their lives. Amen. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website at livingwateraustin.net.